increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important, the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn, comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million, and I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link, and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of STR Anonymous. I'm joined by my main man, Kenny Bedwell. How are you today, Kenny? I'm doing pretty good today. How are you doing today, Bill? I am amazing, you know, since I just got to spend wow. the last 36 <laughs> minutes with you uh, recording the, the previous episode. Um, <laughs> so on today's episode, we're going to talk about the top mistakes that STR investors made in 2022. And I got a pretty good feeling that's going to have a bearing on what their production is going to look like in 2023. So why don't you lead us off? Sure. So, all right. One of the biggest mistakes I see a lot, and I mean a lot, probably the majority of STR investors make getting into this space before, I mean, even, even before they're calling it just Airbnb or an Airbnb business, is they get in with the idea that simply to make money, there's no end goal in mind. There's no real purpose beyond, hey, I want to, I heard I can make some money on this, or I see other people online, my friends are making money, or I, this influencer's ads popped up in my space and they made a ton of money. You know, Bill's making a ton of money and goes chores. I need to go buy. Not necessarily, we've talked about a thousand times and I don't even want to talk about it, chasing markets, you know, where you go and you, buy in markets where everybody's already had success. And we talked about why that's a terrible idea or terrible strategy, investment strategy. But before that even happens, people have made up their minds as to why they want to invest in short-term rentals. And the biggest mistake I see with this is it's literally just to make money. And this is a this is the wrong business to go in with that mindset. I, I had a friend, I was talking to a friend and I he's like, Kenny, I want to get invested. I want to do Airbnbs. Where should I look? What markets? And I and I always start with why. Why are you doing this? Because short-term rentals, it's not a it's not a passive income. It's an active income. And if you're going to self-manage, like most people who are listening to this podcast will be doing, you've got to be involved. You've got to be hospitable. You've got to know how to handle situations. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And so the my friend. He, he's in that case. I said, why are you doing this? And he said, to make money. And and I just, I chuckled because I mean, sure, you can make money in this business if you do it right, but that's not the ultimate why. There needs to be a unique strategy to it that's custom to your circumstances and what you're trying to achieve in your life. And a lot of investors don't do that. And what's going to happen is they buy in the wrong area or things aren't going to work or things aren't working out. They're going to lose a lot of money. Also, I think a lot of investors with that, with that being said, I'm going to add to that as well as that why a lot of investors are targeting markets simply to buy a cash flowing positive property, but they have no idea how long 
they're not thinking about how long that cash flow can be coming in. Logan, Ohio. <laughs> Just saying, Logan, Ohio. Picking on Logan. I mean, uh, let's let's pick on a market that you know this is very this is controversial, but Broken Bow. Oh, I thought you were going to throw Blue Ridge out there. No, let me preface this, and this is every market, but Broken Bow is a really extreme example. There are parts of that market that are doing really, really well. And if you're in that market, you're doing really, really well. That's awesome. But there are parts of that market that are doing really, really poorly as well. There's some extremes. Um, And we're seeing that in Blue Ridge as well. But generally, Blue Ridge altogether is not doing as well as overall. But Broken Bow is is got some really high points and some very low points. And people know about this. It's a big market. It's a very big market in terms of geography. And people rush to buy in that market and many other markets as well, to simply make money. And they're hoping that the properties there are going to appreciate, but they're not. And and frankly, long-term wise, I mean, they could and they should appreciate, but I don't know by how much because Broken Bow has never been a traditional vacation rental market. You know, it's not one of those ones people are just dying to go fly to, you know. What places are appreciating and what places are are deep? or, you know, not appreciating it. What's the good, what separates the good and the bad internally in that market? Well, you need to, I mean, this goes back to our conversation a couple podcast episodes ago about the traffic drivers. That's what appreciation is really driven off of uh, for these law. And we're talking long-term appreciation, not short COVID, you know, post-COVID. Two to three years. You're talking 10 years plus. Exactly. Yeah. So I I agree with you a hundred percent. But I want to throw on something a little bit more tactical. And I think it's the people that we're trying to, that we're buying average properties, you know, that are tier three at a lake, tier three or four or five at a beach, you know, a good cabin, but no views, you know, in the Smokies or Western North Carolina. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. want to somewhere between Ella J or Blue Ridge and Hiawassee and they're off the highway and you can hear traffic and there's no stream in your backyard and the trees are blocking your view, whatever it is. It's just that average, average to good is not going to thrive in in 2023. And I think a lot of people that are trying to get in, Kenny, like you talked about, because they just wanted to make money, didn't really have that long-term strategic plan. So they they settled or they didn't know better into what is going to be good long-term. Does that make sense? So I think kind of just piggybacking on you, I think that that mentality droves drove a lot of subpar acquisitions of real estate during the COVID time and they could get away with it, you know, and still make some pretty good coin, you know, over a two year period. But now those are the ones that are probably sitting empty without anything unique about them. Right. I, and that's, and that hundred percent fits this lack of long-term vision, you know? And I mean, I was guilty of analyzing properties like that beginning of last year. And then I quickly realized that with certain trends and things that I was seeing in the data that <clears throat> we need to really make sure that location and the quality of the property are the two biggest factors when we're trying to evaluate that property. Well, that's Logan, um, Ohio, right? I mean, I'm not picking on Logan, Ohio. You're not picking on Blue Ridge. It's just, we see the data. So Logan, Ohio in September of 22 when we were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee at our mastermind meeting, that was number one on your chart. But we were still in the midst of COVID. It was, you could buy a six or a seven freaking bedroom for 300 grand. It was like you investing in the Watkins Glen. The numbers were ridiculous, right? But you either go to see the sod farm or you go to see, like as Tyler said, or you go 
to see the the state park. Was it a state park or a national park? But there's park. which one was it? State. But there's nobody that's going to be there today. That place is probably a freaking ghost town right now. But it was at the top of the list. But it's probably not even in the top 200 today. And that's that's the thing that I think where the wool gets pulled over the eyes of the new investor that jumped in the shiny key syndrome to ride the the Airbnb gold rush. You know, those are the ones that are going to Airbnb bust, you know, that made that bad decision, uninformed decision or lazy decision in 2020 or 2021, you know, but you can still perform in 2022. The Viagra is going to wear off and it already has right now. And there's no more pills in the bottle. Now we have to do it on our own. You know what I mean? That's probably a really odd analogy, but, you know, that's we're going to have to work really hard, you know, moving forward. So I don't know how you recover from that. And if you're in that position, you need to go back and listen to the last episode because Kenny and I are going to get into that about auditing your, your portfolio and your individual properties to make strategic decisions if you have underperforming, underperforming properties. But right now in January, uh, this will probably be released late January. It's middle January right now. You shouldn't make the decision based on one or two months. As Kenny said, you need to have that long-term strategy uh, in play. We're not going to be cash flow positive in every single property. I used to wear a sleeve, a badge of honor on my sleeve, Kenny, and it's I never had to make a, a mortgage payment on any investment property in the short-term rental space. And that still holds true. They're not cash positive. I mean, my, this month will be my first negative cash flow month in the history of my portfolio on two properties unless I get some last minute great bookings, which I don't see happening. I'm okay with that because I still have the profit from the other properties, you know, to support that property. I still have that property has its own carry cost, you know, bank account essentially. So I'm not worried about that because I'm in this for the next 25 years. As Kenny talked about the why, the plan, I've developed that plan with me and my spouse. Um, and even Chris, you know, who works for me, we, we all know what that plan is and we're executing it. That small little dip, just like when you go from page two to page five for two days on Rank Breeze or an Airbnb and then you bounce back up, don't freak out and be reactionary and make drastic changes based off a small blip in time. If you do, you probably shouldn't be in the short-term rental space, to be honest with you. You probably would be much more comfortable investing into apartments in a syndication or you know something like that. So I think you also need to know what type of investor you are. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it is. it is like... A lot of people haven't had to get, haven't had exposure to this. So they're kind of learning about learning themselves. I mean, when I say, what I mean by that is they have not experienced a dip. And as we experience a dip, that's where you truly come to know yourself and know how you handle these situations. But with that being said, I, I think that, I mean, people, that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people made last year was not planning for any dips ever. I agree. I think we've, Airbnb, Mark Simpson get mad at me. Short-term rentals, Airbnb and Verbo. Well, you know, Homeaway and Verbo have been around for a long time. Airbnb, not so much. But short-term rentals is really just, it's it's in the terrible twos right now. We have, we have this infancy, you know, kind of stage. And, you know, now we're seeing, and COVID was like, oh my God, they, they're, they're getting their teeth and they take a first step. And now it's like the rebellious, terrible twos. They were in it so young, it's so new. I know vacation rentals have been around for a long time, but the whole other component of short-term rentals of arbitrage being a huge player in this industry, co-hosting, you know, people investing outside of traditional vacation rental markets like the mountains and ski and, and 
you know, um, like Broken Bow, not even close to a traditional vacation rental market. You know, Island Park, not even close. Palm Springs always had this sect of like drive in during the winter and snowbirds and golfers and stuff. Completely different with Joshua Tree, right? So things dramatically changed. It's new. You know, we're just, it's, it's, even though Airbnb has been around realistically since about 12 or 13, predominantly from about 15 or 16, and HomeAway has been around forever, the industry is still growing and it's still very, very young trying to figure out its sea legs, right? So I kind of look at today, we're either like in our terrible twos or we're in the terrible teens, you know, one or the other, but you're right. It's just a dip. And you being involved in, you know, big bank stock market data analysis, you know, when it goes down, what does it do? It comes back up. When it goes up, it ends up going back down. So it's very difficult to time the stock market for an, a layman like us, one to buy and one to sell. Um, it's very similar within the SDR space. There's going to be a lot of people that are panicking now that are going to sell and take a loss, where if they would just hold on, uh, you know, the cash flow is going to come. Even if you have no bookings in January or February, if it's slow, people are still going to go to the beach. People are still going to go to the lake. People are still going to go to Magic Mountain. They're going to go to Shenandoah National Park, whatever. They're still going to vacation. I think the ones that are in trouble the most, Kenny, are the the one and two bedroom apartments that are competing with hotels and apartments and stuff in urban areas. If they don't have enough, you know, high demand traffic, you know, coming in. That That's a fair point. So I've got a couple of those. <laughs> so are you looking to purchase an str in the western north carolina mountains the high country maybe even on on the beach of north carolina and the obx or all the way down into hilton head south carolina my man tyler coon from savvy realty has you covered and one of the things that i love about tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals he takes a no bs approach is honest and is filled with integrity how do i know this because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. So what are you doing with them? What are you doing? Um, well, you work with inside. Are you working more outside? What, what's your strategy? Well, so I've tried for a long time, but to do outside direct bookings and most people, especially like in what I found in the urban areas, they're less likely to book direct and they'll just kind of uh, go back to Airbnb, even though it's the same property. I get a, like, I'll get people come every month of like one guy I have, he just comes back and it's always through Airbnb. I was like, Hey, we can do this all platform. He's like, eh, it's just easier for me. And I'm like, companies okay. for it, don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not going to be like, fight him on it and be like, you get a better deal. I, tr you know, I said that, Hey, you get a better deal if we do it off platform. And he's like, not my no. buddy. Airbnb yep. too easy on the app, right? Exactly, exactly. So who am I to argue? And that, and I find that a lot. However, 
I have been doing the uh, StayFi app or the StayFi Wi-Fi. So I'm going to take that and create a list and then either retarget or uh, just start doing some emails out to folks as well, um, especially you know during this winter season and uh, seeing if I could drive more traffic. But I am starting to see a pickup in bookings. It's been a really weird season. So it's just kind of like learning your market and saying, keeping your finger on the pulse. So understanding when people are booking and when people aren't booking, because if you go, Oh, well, no one's booking my property. I, I'm not making any money. I'm panicking. But if no one's like looking in that market in general, then there's not a lot you can really do. So it's just about how I need to try to figure out and keep a pulse on demand. And when demand is up, I need to make sure I'm at the top of the list so that I do get booked when people are looking. So I think it's funny though. Well, you know, the, the Maybe next year we'll say the top mistake for STR investors that they made in 2023 was panic sell. <laughs> so yeah, that, I can do that one. Well, it could be. It could yeah. be based on the decision that they bought in 2022 or 2021 as well. Kind of piggybacking on what you're you're talking about. I mean, I emphasize a lot from the marketing perspective. It really sounds like you're focusing on your listing optimization, your rankings, that type of stuff. I still think that's number one that we have to. But I think that's it's also the structure and this goes back to the top mistakes. A lot of people bought sight unseen and they've never, they still to this day, haven't even been to their, to their properties, right? So if you, if you don't do that, you don't have an intimate relationship with your local marketplace. You can find the same information online that your guests can find. So how do you really drive a true experience, uh, you know, for something that you can't find on TripAdvisor that you can't find, you know, doing a Google search, you know, what's really, you know, the best local dive bar for your you know, for your guests to hang out at? What's the best trail, you know, head within a mile of the property or whatever that is? Where can I go? Now, my big one, like I see in Banner Oak and Beach Mountain County that I never really thought about is UTVing. You know, so people can UTV all over the place there, but they can't do it in Gatlinburg, right? So that's a huge advantage to market, you know, for our properties in Western North Carolina, especially when you're looking at regional drive-in uh, stuff. There's just way more trails and things of that nature in the Western North Carolina area than there are in the Smoky Mountains. So a lot of that has to do with positioning and knowing your, your local market. Where are the best sushi restaurants? Where are the best trailheads? Where's the best place to rent XYZ? Who will deliver ski equipment? Who will deliver golf carts? All those types of things we don't think about. And like we think about those things, but those like come on the hospitality side and they go into the touch stay app. If you don't visit your market, you're not going to learn that stuff. That's not just something you can figure out by looking at Google reviews. Any guest can figure that out. You want to know the real scoop. And if you can provide that to guests, not only on the back end from a hospitality standpoint, but on the front end from a marketing perspective, those are emails that Kenny can send out with his statewide list that he's building, right? Those are things that you can post on your social media, on your Facebook account, your Instagram account. Hey, you know what? Went to Tom Sushi last night. It's the best sushi in ABC City. You should try the rainbow roll when you're there. Or, you know, the, the whatever is the best that I've ever had. It's better than, you know, shit, what's the place? Like Nobu in Malibu or Vegas, right? You give these comparisons on social, your email marketing, whatever, you're educating your, your potential customer, but that's also where they see you as the trust agent, the trust pilot, the expert in that market. So when they go to Airbnb, they may not even book direct. This has nothing to do with direct bookings. When they go to Airbnb, and if you have a name and a brand with your property and they see Dragonfly or Bob's Barn or whatever it is, Oh my God, I talked to that guy. That's the guy that gave us the recommendations. I, you know, his name's Bill. That's, it was Bill. You know, whatever it is, those things, that brand association and helping people can be a huge winner. I agree. 
quit if you if you don't have that intimate relationship with your market. A lot of people bought Kenny and they, they they've owned the property for a year or two and they've never been there, never been to their property, never been to the market they invested in. That's okay, and that's, that's crazy. Why home. <laughs> I don't want you to come and visit where I host because I want I want to have that advantage with all of that local knowledge. Right. I think too. So I like what you said about understanding and learning about your market and then going a step further and diving deeper is understanding your, your market's clientele, you know, what they want to do and, and who they are. Uh, one mistake I saw a lot of SDR investors make last year was focusing on the wrong amenities to add to their property. You know, we're talks of saunas or talks of espresso machines game consoles, like things got a little elaborate. Like how can I like kind of stand out from the crowd? But the problem is no one was really focusing on like, what does the crowd really want? Like your guests, when I say crowd. So what do the guests really want and what are they looking for when they come to you? What, what can help their experience in your particular market that can accompany what else they're doing in that market? You know what I mean? So, you know, like if you have, UTVs, like if, if there's a lot of UTV trails nearby and you have a lot of guests doing UTVs, providing a, you know, a simple like wash off station, you know, places where they like just super easy. I mean, they're going to get muddy and uh, they need a place to wash off their vehicle themselves. Maybe like that, that's something very unique and specific for that particular market, but would speak to that guest avatar. So a lot of investors I saw this, uh, there might be one of them listening and I thank you for letting me share this information to this lady who, who provided this to me, but she put in her cabin, you know, it was in the Smoky Mountains, Smoky Mountains cabin with espresso machine. Like it was like, that was her title. And it was a little better than that, but that was pretty much how I read it. And I'm like, no one cares. Most people don't care about espresso machines, even if they drink coffee, like that is like something very specific and unique that you're not like your, your guest avatar really doesn't care about, you know, you might find one or two people, but you're trying to cater to a, a larger audience. Who's going to the smoky mountains for different reasons. I personally, I don't, well, I don't drink coffee, but I don't even know how to work an espresso machine. And a lot of people don't who do drink coffee. And so, yeah. Why, why is that in the title? Why is that a focus? Espresso. What's that? He probably drank espresso. Probably. So she's, she's well, she she's I did talk to her about it and she said that she like she felt like it was like unique and different from all the other properties that it is. But I was like, look, according to the data, it doesn't really bring in that much revenue. It's I too narrow. It's way too narrow, right? Yep. It's broad, not not enough broad appeal. But it goes back to under do we truly understand our guest avatar and then the market as well? It's back to what you delivered. I don't remember, Kenny, if it was the mastermind meeting or the STR Wealth Retreat in South Beach, where you gave us the amenities, right? Yeah. I think it was in the quiz that you did for us in the mastermind. And like one of the things that's really interesting is my biggest struggling property is a beachfront property in Fort Morgan, Alabama. And I'm pet friendly. It's the only property I have in my portfolio that's pet friendly. And you would think that being pet friendly in Fort Morgan, Alabama would move the needle because it's the only pet friendly beach in the Alabama Gulf Coast, but it does not move the needle, right? I remember, and that's Kenny presented that based on data, based on research of moving the needle. And I don't know what, remember what the dollar amount would, would be to classify to move the needle, but significant is probably 15 to 20,000 bucks 
doesn't do it. Whereas like a hot tub was a great amenity where most people don't think about hot tubs in those beach markets, right? So, and I think that's where a lot of you don't have access to the data that Kenny has access to. That's where the enemy method comes into play and really understanding and making lists of what your competitors have from an amenity standpoint and how you're going to or not going to be able to compete, you know, with them. So I look at that. So the interesting thing, and you talk about people not going to look at their properties, all these things, not really analyzing traffic drivers like Logan, Ohio was really the state park. Makes sense that it ramped up during COVID and then it plummets back down. I look and I made an investment into a beachfront property, the beach out there. There's nothing out in Fort Morgan, Alabama, except for the beach. That's the only traffic driver. And that's not enough for a lot of people, especially if they want to spend over a thousand, they're going to spend over a thousand dollars a night. They want a pool. They want a hot tub. They want some of the other bigger amenities. So Kenny shared on a recent podcast about how like kayaks and sucks move the needle in those beach markets. So much easier for me to test that and buy, you know, a $350 kayak and a $350 stand-up paddleboard to test first before going and making a ten dollars or $12,000 investment into a hot tub. So I think there's also an incremental way if you made that purchase, made that mistake in 2020 that you can make up for it in 2023. The one thing we don't want you to do is repeat the same mistake that you made in 2022 in 2023. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and... For those of you who are like, okay, I don't have access to Kenny's data, which most people don't have access to Kenny's data. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can obviously reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram and you know, I might be able to help if I know, but a simple way to do it too is it takes a little bit of time, but go and study your market, go in and dive into the actual listings of the properties in your market and see, you know, based on the revenue, you know, you can use, I don't, any data tool you want, they'll tell you the revenue of those properties, those active listings and see, okay, is there a significant difference in revenue between this property that's pet friendly or not? You know, and does that help move the needle? And you can, you can tell that's a manual way. That's not the best way to do it, but it's going to be the best way for you with the given resources that you have for free. So um, that's, that's, and that's a great way to start is diving into those markets. And then, Something too that, that's been helpful for me is I've started putting in my messaging, asking people, you know, what brings you to that area? Like, what are you doing here? Not in a sense of you need to tell me why you're here, but like, what is that understanding that guest avatar? Because that's going to be key to what amenities can I provide them to improve their stay? One of the things that I started doing at my property in Watkins Glen, I learned is that it rains a lot in the month of August, which is unusual, but it's just the location that it's at. And so we started providing umbrellas, like a basket of umbrellas, you know, not to give away, but people could use. And I started seeing people mention in the reviews, great place. I really love the additional touches. Like it was raining and the umbrellas helped. And I was like, wow, that was a perfect example of nailing what the guests were, that extra thing that the guests were really looking for to improve their stay. And so, that's so you, the question is for me, do you put the umbrellas in your listing or do you hold those back as like a plus one when they're there as a surprise? Well, it's a plus one because they're not thinking about rain. No one thinks about rain when you go on vacation, you know, and, and most people when they travel there, they might, Oh, well, the weather looks bad, but it's not something like I'm not, you know, blowing up. Hey guys, I've got umbrellas. <laughs> so it's just, 
those well, little trade plus one when that happens, right? And so there's this whole thing about plus ones. I'm going to do a podcast on that on SDR and filtered podcasts. I'm going to do it when we're done, actually, <laughs> because that's it, it's something that makes and so. So I've got a good friend and a former client, Deep Patel. She's the general manager at the Hermitage Hotel here in Nashville, Tennessee. The only five-star, five, five diamond, 27 years in a row. Five-star, five diamond by Con Nass Hotel in the state of Tennessee. And one of the things that she taught me was about plus ones as we became really good friends. And she's like, I have my entire staff do it. They have to do it to a staff member and a guest. And it's do something unexpected that makes them feel good, right? That's it. That's simple. Every day, her staff has to do it. And that's how they end every meeting is talking about plus ones. And they share what they did the previous day. So like that is a plus one, right? When it rains. Doesn't mean much when they walk in and it's sunny and 75 in May. But when those May showers come in the afternoon, they're very, very appreciative of it. So think about that component, you know, when you're building out your, your, your package, essentially. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kenny. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. As always, don't forget, you can hit Bill and Kenny up on Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook, wherever, with questions that you would have. Most importantly, don't forget to follow the SDR Unfiltered podcast. And Kenny has the SDR Insights YouTube channel. Uh, you're, he's putting out an interview once a week. Is that right? Yeah. Roughly. Uh, yeah. Roughly. Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. <laughs> podcast jumps on, drops on Tuesday nights. SDRonomics every Thursday night at, or Wednesday night at midnight. So it's available on Thursday. And then Kenny's on the SDR Insights YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to those. There's great information in all of them. Kenny has had Tyler Kuhn, Avery Carl, Dave Menopause, a lot of great people on his uh, his YouTube channel. And if you just want the real shit with, you know, no filters, come over to the STR Unfiltered podcast. We'll see you guys next Thursday on STR Anomics. Thank you for listening to STR Anomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.